talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. This is the big one, boys and girls. Douglas Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. We're going to tell you who we think is going to win the Fiesta Bowl on this podcast. So we have done a uh, December 24th podcast. We did a December 25th podcast. It is now December 26th. We had media day on Thursday morning out here. Talked to everybody from Ohio State, everybody from Clemson. We've gathered all the information we're going to gather. We get Dabo Sweeney and Ryan Day for like 15 minutes each uh, on Friday morning, and that's it. But the hay is in the barn, so we're going to say what we think. We'll get to a lot of your questions from our tech subscribers. Try it, 14-day free trial at cleveland.com slash OSU. But we're going to tell you, like, I'm done gathering info. I've made my decision I've been affected by some of the things I've heard out here. How much have you guys changed or not changed maybe what you thought about this game from where you were before you got to Arizona? My opinion hasn't changed a whole lot over even the past six weeks. I've All along, this seemed like a collision that was going to happen. Either Ohio State and Clemson were going to be two and three and play at this stage, or one of them was going to be number one, the other one would beat... LSU, and then they meet for the national championship. Um, I've, I've seen, I just thought that these were the two best teams in the country now for the second half of the season, as far as just overall play. And um, anything I've heard out here has really kind of only reinforced all the things I thought were strengths of both of these teams. Yeah, um, I thought this was, yeah, I thought this was going to be the national championship game. They're just meeting it around earlier than I thought they would. But as far as like who, what was happening in the game, I've been like back and forth. Between which one, I, which one of these two teams I thought would win a football game for about six weeks now, and I spent some time on Sunday while I was just sitting around, you know, packing, just watching some Clemson games, and just, and sometimes I'd be like, oh yeah, Clemson's gonna win this game again, and then there'd be other times where I'd go, oh yeah, Ohio State's definitely gonna win this game, and there are so many reasons for why on both sides. So I've kind of flipped the coin, and I think I'm kind of ready to make a decision now. I think Ohio State's gonna win. Um. And I don't know if I thought that for sure before I got out here. Uh, and I'll, I'll just double-check some numbers as we were setting up here. And, and this is what I double-checked. Um, it's the Clemson defense. And I was talking to Tyler Muse, the uh, Clemson safety. He's a fifth-year safety. He said he, he said he feels like the dad of the Clemson defense. And a lot of people have said uh, that this Clemson back seven is as good as they've had, um, and it's a young defensive line. A lot of new starters on the, on the defensive line. But Tyler Muse said something. Is that his name? I don't want to Tanner? Go. Muse is definitely the last name. Yeah, it's Tanner Muse. T. Muse? Doug, look in the bio thing before you talk. Tanner Muse. I probably called him Tyler to his face. <laughs> Probably not the he worst probably, thing he's been called this. He season. probably thinks you're a national writer now. Ooh, that would be good. Um, he said this back seven. I said, why is this back seven so good as an Ohio State writer? Actually, I identify myself as an Ohio State writer, so he can figure out which is the dumb guy. I said, like, why? Why do people say that about you guys? That this is the back back seven that Clemson's had. He said, we're not the most talented secondary that I've been around, but like we're really connected. And like once he said we're not the most talented, I just I, I didn't hear the rest of what he said. 
Because that's the kind of thing that like good Big Ten teams who can't hang with Ohio State say all the time. We're not the most talented, but we play really well together and we're really connected. These are the projected starters for Clemson. These are the national recruiting rankings for the 11 projected Clemson starters, okay? On the defensive line, it's 156, 137, 327, and 3. Xavier Thomas was a really highly rated guy. One of those guys is a true freshman who is starting, okay? They lost their four defensive linemen from last year, their four starting defensive linemen a year ago when they won the national title, were the number 4, number 13, number 17, and number 117 picks in the NFL draft. That's how good those guys were. Three of the top 17 picks were a Clemson defensive lineman. Ohio State is hitting this defense in a valley. A valley between awesome last year and on the way up for next year. Or at least a dip. It may be a valley by their standards, but it's not, it's, they're not cratering. Maybe but like they've a, regressed. Like sometimes a you have the speed, the speed bump. Yeah, a pothole. Yeah. Not that you're going to... Yeah, they're not wrecked. Not right. like the Grand Canyon. You're not going to mess up your car, but like you're going to feel it. Yeah, slow down. Right. These are the back seven recruiting rankings of the back seven projected starters. At linebacker, 451, 680, and 230. And in the secondary, 26, 1504, 706, and 55. So their corners are highly rated guys. Their safeties are not. And if somebody wanted to pull up Malik Harrison's recruiting ranking and say it wasn't that high, and we would say, well, that doesn't right. matter. He's but, awesome. I was going to say, because yeah, that, that you do have to include the huge whiff on everybody who missed on Isaiah Simmons. Correct. But my conclusion that I've reached out here is, A, that I, I believe that Ohio State is hitting this Clemson defense at the right time, in the right year, that Clemson is so good, they can go undefeated, and their conference is so bad, they can be this good when they actually have a dip in the talent experience balance on one side of the ball. And the other thing is, I've become convinced that 1 through 22, starters on both sides of the ball, Ohio State's better. Now, Trevor Lawrence pops. Isaiah Simmons pops. T. Higgins pops. Travis Etienne pops. But I think like across the board, Jordan Fuller, Davon Hamilton, Pete Werner, Chris Olave, Thayer Munford, Brandon Bowen, Jonah Jackson, those kind of guys... I think are better than the mid tier, or you know, the, I think yeah. the twentieth best player on Ohio State is better than the twentieth best player on Clemson, and that's why I've concluded. Concluded, I think Ohio State's going to win. I so like I said, I have thought that these two teams were on this collision course for a long time, and I've also gone back and forth as in even just the last couple of weeks as to who I think could win, and I ultimately came to the same conclusion as you. I think it's going to be a it, this could be a hell of a game, frankly. I mean, I think this could be a really tight game. Because I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I also think because, I mean, those top-line guys for Clemson are so extraordinary that this is the kind of game where those guys tend to step up a big plays and make a difference. But I, I agree with you, your assessment on of Clemson defensively, and I think what we've seen from Ohio State and its ability to control the game with J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields when he's ava- able to and in play off of that here in these last three, four weeks when they've had to use those guys in that way, you know, rely on your running game and rely on your defense. I think, and, and kind of ironically, you know, what are the two things that a year ago were looked at as the reasons they weren't in the playoff? I think those are the two reasons why they're eventually going to win this game and probably 
in my estimation, win a national championship because I think those are the two things that can really carry this team right now. The, the passing game, they have obvious talent there with Fields and Olave and the senior receivers. These guys can play. But I think the foundation right now that's really cranking for this team is what they're doing in the running game, which is what's going to keep Clemson off the field, most importantly, and what this defense is doing. This defense is just at, at, at such a level that I, I feel like that's what's going to – Ohio State's defense versus Clemson's defense wins this game. So I think Ohio State's going to win too. Um, and there's two reasons. Homers! Yeah. And there's two reasons for why. The first one has to do with my outrageous prediction and saying that both Travis Etienne and J.K. Dobbins would have 30 carries apiece in the game. I don't think Clemson can win a game if they just do that. I, we, we've seen Ohio State win a game if they just go, here, J.K. Dobbins, carry the load, and we'll see what happens. And they'll win games. I don't think Clemson can do that against Ohio State's defensive line. Consistent, like I don't like he's he hasn't had twenty carries in the game this year, and a lot of that has to do because they're blowing teams out, so he's off the field. But I just don't think that Clemson's like this is the best offensive line in the country, but they're going up against arguably the best defensive line in the country and the best player in college football. I don't know if like Travis Etienne having eight point two carries per get per kick. 8.2 yards per carry is a consistent thing he can do in this game if you're giving him the ball 30-plus times. I think they have to throw the ball more often than I think Ohio State would have to in order to win a football game. Now, also, Trevor Lawrence hasn't thrown a pick since October. but 20, 20 touchdowns, zero picks yeah. last six games. But Trevor Lawrence has a lot of, like, I. this is probably not the best throw, but I'm Trevor Lawrence. So I'm throwing it anyway, and also I've got two six four receivers. Where if I just throw it anywhere in their catch radius, they're gonna go get the ball. And he said that today. I asked him about just some of the advantages of having six four guys, like bigger receivers like that. And he said, "Yeah, you can just like just throw it up sometimes, and they'll just go get it." Well, yeah, that's true. Unless you're going against Sean Way, Jeff Okuda, and Damon Arnett. I don't know if you can just. Throw it up, and they're just going to go get every 50-50 ball every single time. So if he comes in with that, like, I'm Trevor Lawrence, so I can just get that in there, he might throw a pick or two in this game just because he has a lot of those throws a lot more often than Justin Fields has where it's a it's probably isn't the best throw, but I'm me. So it's probably a good throw anyway. So one thing that came up, uh, I finally published a story. I think the tech subscribers helped me with this, about the 15 best offensive players I've seen Ohio State face in my 15 years on the beat. Nobody's reading it. Go read it. Um, I ranked Deshaun Watson first. I ranked Trevor Lawrence fourth on that list. But in researching that, I remembered this, because I forget everything because I have a terrible memory. I need to eat uh, ginkgo biloba. Is that the stuff? Um, Is that a thing? What's the memory stuff? I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> you, can't, you can't remember what the memory <laughs> stuff it's, it's, is. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. So in the national title game uh, in 2014 when Ohio State beat Oregon, Marcus Mariota, the Heisman winner that year, threw for 333 yards against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Ohio State won 42-20. to 20. Like Ohio State, you know, it was a game for a little bit. Ohio State was pretty much in control the whole way. Marcus Mariota threw it well, you know, threw for a lot of yards, but Oregon only scored 20 points. In the Cotton Bowl, after the 2017 season, Ohio State beat USC 24-7. Sam Darnold threw for 356 yards. USC scored seven points. He threw for 356 yards. They're not going to stop Trevor Lawrence. But I don't think, and again, it was a reminder. The thing that I had, the, the, the other ninth conclusion that I've come to, and I, I might have said this already. Ohio State 
There have been comparisons between this Ohio State secondary and the Ohio State secondary three years ago, mm-hmm. the four number one picks, and that they lost 31 to nothing. Um, I actually, like, Deshaun Watson threw for like 260 yards in that game. He threw for 420 against Alabama mm-hmm. 10 days later when they won the national championship. They actually did a pretty decent job on Deshaun Watson in that game. Mike Thank Williams Mike Williams was a lot taller than Denzel Ward. That was a thing they exploited. But, like, Deshaun Watson didn't go nuts. So part of this, I think, was like, well, Ohio State has had a great secondary against Clemson before. And what happened? They, they lost by 31. Yeah. But the issue of all of this is not the 31. And I'm gonna, my prediction for this game is 38-31. I'm going to give Clemson the same 31. But zero to 38, quite the leap. Quite the jump. And when I was talking to Todd Muse, Tim... Tanner. Tanner. <laughs> Me and Musi were chilling, and I said, I asked him about that, and and he was like, you know, because he was around three years ago, and he was like, yeah, they're like a lot better at offense. And I was like, why do you say that? And he was like, because they're better at everything. Their quarterback is better. Their receivers are better. Their running back is better. That is where this game is going to happen. I think it's like the it, it, the secondary, Jeff Okuda and Sean Wade and Damon Arnett don't need to be better than Marshawn Lattimore and Denzel Ward and Malik Hooker and Garyon Conley because I don't think you can be better than those guys. Okuda's awesome. Marshawn Lattimore was unbelievable how good that guy was that year. He was unbelievable. He was the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year the next year. I don't, Jeff Okuda can't be better than that. He might be as good as Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore was ridiculous. But that's good enough. Like I, like, I don't think the secondary has to play a lot better than it played three years ago for Ohio State to win. I think they have to do around the same thing. Don't get murdered. Don't give up 500 yards. Don't give up five touchdown passes. Pick them off a couple times, as you mentioned they did in that game. But the offense will come to life. The D-Becking... The de-warnering of the Ohio State offense is where, and we, uh, and there's a million different matchups we can talk about. It's not about the 31 from three years ago. It's about the zero. And, it is. and it's not going to be a zero. And it's not like, like Clemson in that game just had a quarter where they scored like 28 of the 31. Like they scored once a quarter, but when like your offense isn't responding to that, then it like builds up. And Deshaun was awesome. Deshaun is as good as you will see. And, and again, talking to Clemson people this week, that was Deshaun's third year. He had total control of the offense at that mm-hmm. point. This is Trevor Lawrence's second year. He's on the path. He doesn't have total control. He can make some checks. He can call some protections. He's not calling audibles. Trevor, I think, is excellent. He's not as far on his path as Deshaun was. Yeah. He'll be there next year. Which is understandable. I mean, maybe, been, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that you want to face next year Trevor Lawrence. But... It's like Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence sort of takes offense to the idea that he wasn't as good this year as he was last year. He said, I've been nitpicked. He said, nobody expected anything of me last year. Right. Now the expectations yeah. were so high, there's no way I could live up to them. I don't think it's that he... He probably is better than last year. But he's also not as good as he's going to be next year. And that's a little bit of a part of this too. I... I also think, in conclusion, made a lot of conclusions out here. You get around some cactus, you see some mountains and some desert, and you make some... You take stock of You do. Yeah. You do. You appreciate your environment a little Saw bit. Saw Star Wars last night, 650 out of 1,000. That's high. I don't want to give any spoilers. It was no. okay. Yeah. Daisy Ridley 
Very compelling. When you can zoom in on your face and your face fills a screen and like your face can be compelling. I think John Boyaga is, is a like that too. Yeah. You put his face up there, it's like that guy. And yeah. He's, and he's yelling. Hayden Christensen, like not that at all. He like, you know, ruined the first well, three, he right? Cry- he was crying all the time. But if you get, if they would have gotten the wrong Ray, I don't even know what, like if they would have like, you know, they, they get, I don't know, who's a bad actress? Lindsay Lohan is, is, is Ray. You would have been dead. I don't want to see Lindsay Lohan's face on a screen, taking up the whole screen. Daisy Ridley, very compelling. The rest of it, eh. I tried to please too many audiences, I feel like. But we're not going to, that's not, we're, we're not, not, we're not here to review Yeah, we're not reviewing When, when all three of us have seen it, maybe we'll do, yeah. that'll be an off season. There we go. At the 47 minute mark, I got, <laughs> <laughs> I think this is not peak Clemson. I think this is peak Ohio State. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of what my pick came down to. It's like I think you're, this is there is a window of opportunity here. We've seen it all season. We, we we've seen it open. It really by by week two by the Cincinnati game, it was pretty obvious to like okay, we're we're dealing with one of these teams. We're dealing with one of these potentially like generational kind of teams, a team that they, you're going to talk about for a long time. I think that's somewhat true whether or not they win this game, just in terms of what this team is, what it can, what it has accomplished, but. I think, as we talked about in the last pod, winning this game is a, a, a moment for this program. And I think you get a sense that from the coaching staff on down, they've sort of they're trying to seize that. Like they they know what this is. They know that as great as Ohio State is year in and year out, as much you know cachet as it has, they've seen the last two years these opportunities can be fleeting. Like you. The wrong vote gets you one spot down, and you don't get to be in this position. And um, it might not be this easy next year. They might it might be a tougher road next year or the year after, whatever. And I, I just get the sense from talking to these guys that they know that there's a moment here that they have an opportunity. Not that Clemson doesn't either, but th- I think there is a, sp- a bit of a special motivation for Ohio State. I just think if Ohio State plays, for the most part, plays this Clemson team defensively the way it played it in 2016 with this type of offense, Ohio State's going to win this game. The the other part of this too, and I, you know, again, it's it's fun to draw uh, comparisons where they're valid, and I and I and I want to double check. Uh, it always slows me down when I double check facts. I apologize for double checking facts. Part of this too, I think, in the end, this is fairly similar to the Ohio State Alabama game in 2014, because I don't think that was quite peak Bama either. Not with Blake Sims at quarterback. Not with like Derrick Henry, like good, but like on his way up, right? He wasn't the Heisman guy that, I mean, if if he was the Heisman guy, Lane Kiffin wouldn't have forgotten to give him the ball in the second half, right? That Amari Cooper was great. A couple guys, right? A couple, Landon Collins was great. A couple super high-end guys. Was that the best Bama team of how good Bama can be? And that was a time when Bama wasn't didn't always have a great quarterback, right? Pre Tua, pre Jalen Hurts, there were defenses and a yeah. quarterback who can manage enough. And, but I even think I think their defense was good that year. Again, and it's not taking away anything from Ohio State. Just like again, Ohio State in 2016 was not peak Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Ohio State in 2016, as we've said many times here, was not good as good as they were in 14, 15, 17, or 18. Of the six-year playoff era, that was the worst Ohio State team. They got out here and they showed it. This is much closer to peak Ohio State. So I think, I think, I think peak Ohio State can beat peak Clemson and peak Alabama. I think it just so happens that this is not peak Clemson, and I think it wasn't exactly a hundred percent peak Alabama. And but forty-two thirty-five 
it's a game into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. It's not a gimme, right? So, like, I think that's exactly the realm that we're in. But then when you look, when we look back and say, well, like, maybe we didn't see it beforehand that year. Nobody did except Austin Ward, who picked Ohio State. Nobody saw it beforehand. But then when you look back, it was like, well, yeah. Ohio State had Joey Bosa and Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Thomas, and all. Yeah, they won. Look at their players. Hmm. As good as all these Clemson guys are, and I know, Stephen, this will be an interesting thing you can bring up, what Jeff Halfley was saying, Ryan Day said it today again about how many guys from this game are going to be in the NFL. I think there's going to be more Ohio State guys, or some of these guys are going to be like, oh, well, yeah, that Clemson guy was a freshman, and he was on his way up, and then he became great, but he wasn't an All-American yet. I think there are more elite Ohio State guys at their peak. Yeah, and I think this is the kind of game where some of those get to come to a forefront in a national way. I mean, like, even at the start of this season, you know, when I'm taking this job and you and I are having conversations about this roster and stuff, and it's a lot of like, hey, they got this guy Chris Olave, and he really played well at the end of last season. We think he's probably good. Well, yeah, Chris Olave is pretty good. I don't know that the country knows that yet, and this is the kind of game where that can happen. You know, we found out how good Wyatt Davis is. We found out how good Sean Wade is. I mean, I know he was highly rated and everything coming out of high school, but it's only been this year what he's done with this team that has kind of put him on that kind of level. And I think, I don't, I still don't know if nationally the, the, the casual fan, I know they know Chase Young, I know they know Justin Fields, I know they know J.K. Dobbins. I don't know that they know just what you were talking about top to bottom, 1 through 22, just how tough this team is. And I, 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 and I, and it's more than that. Like, what you were talking about with the defensive tackles, for instance. You know, does, does Clemson go like five, six deep at defensive tackle the way Ohio State does and can rotate those guys and be one of the ways that they help stop Travis Etienne the way they uh, can get after Trevor Lawrence that way? I, I don't think they have that. Uh, they, I just read a thing in my uh, last minute research to sound like I'm smart. Um, somebody wrote a thing. I think it's a, I think it's a Clemson writer and it's like they're breaking down things and they uh compared the Clemson defensive line and the Ohio State defensive line and they gave the edge to Clemson which I think is wrong I'm just gonna let that sit I don't know what to <laughs> like I, like and it's what, one of those things the, the the final explanation and I'm not here to call people out because you know call me out baby but the edge Clemson despite the presence of all-world defensive end Chase Young for Ohio State The nod goes to the Tigers. The Buckeyes may have the bigger name in Young, but the Tigers boast more depth and interchangeable pieces, especially at defensive end. So it's like, despite the fact that Ohio State's guy is much, much, much better, I pick the other side. I think if you were to go (laughs) look at uh, B.B. Landers and Davon Hamilton and Jay Sean Cornell's phones right now, there's probably a screenshot of that paragraph. You know what that is? That is a... I think that's a testament to how good Chase is. That like, I think we are free. I think the from a nat, some of the national guys who don't like. Obviously, we got we watch these guys every day, so it's a little different. They're like Chase is so good that they think that like there's a huge there is a drop off, but it's not like a Grand Canyon drop off as far as what the production has been this year. Tony Elliott said it on Tuesday. Like, yeah, Chase has 16 and a half sacks this year. Ohio State has 51 sacks on the season, which is number one in the country. Chase only has 16 and a half of those. There's there's almost 30 there's 30 other sacks that are still out there for the rest of the unit to have. Well, it's like last year I think they had 54 for the yeah. season something like that. So I mean, it's he he's seen that from from that perspective. They had the three first round guys, yeah. but it is it's, it's more of a collective effort. And I think you're right that 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 sometimes Chase Young does overshadow those things, but it's just like these last few games when Chase has been 
not as statistically apparent. Teams are still in the game. not running the ball. Well, well they're not running the ball, but uh, but who has I think had pretty good games here these last three or four weeks? Jay Sean Cornell, Davon Hamilton. I, mean, I think those guys have played pretty well. I know they don't have a Chase Young like impact. Some you know we've talked about that from the beginning of the season that like oh when you double team Chase that's going to open up the door yeah. for somebody else. So it doesn't mean that guy's going to go get nine sacks. No, but it means that he might get the one that stops one drive, and now you're punting when you otherwise would have scored or kept you know flipped the field, and that that changes these close games. And, and I'm not disrespecting the Clemson guys. To me, it's like I think probably Clemson and Ohio State are very, very equal on the defensive line. Except, except also Ohio State has Chase Young. <laughs> right. Like, like if you take Chase Young, just take just take the the best defensive player in college football. Then it's probably play. a scratch. Just take the number one player picking the draft out. Yeah, then it's probably a scratch. But like, but, he's but, there. But, <laughs> but now that we say that, what were we talking about on this podcast two days ago? I have no was about, idea. Yeah. It was about how... We say a lot of things. Was it PFF that, had, that it was ranking the... And they put Ohio State's linebackers ahead of True. Clemson, yeah. even though Clemson has Isaiah Simmons. And it's... it's I, so I guess I understand if, if that argument works for them, could it work for... No, I I, I I see where they're going. As but as I, is, I disagree. It's great, but it's like it's, it's not a clear cut. Like, oh yeah, this is what, he's not one of the five best players in the country. I'm really That's intrigued to see is. what they do with Isaiah Simmons against. I wrote about it today, but I didn't. It's not like they're telling me what they're going to do with him. So I'm having to just guess. But I, there's a lot of the ways that they can use Isaiah Simmons. The yeah. way he drops back and plays safety sometimes in those like umbrella coverages that they do, and they disguise him really well. And he could spy Justin Fields. Or just, I, I don't know if anybody's really tried to do that. If they feel like he's running it well enough that they have to do that with him, I think that's an option. There's a um, lot of NFL talent. Yeah, there's a lot they can Saturday. do with him. I think that, that's going to be a, that's one of my things I'm looking most looking forward to watching on Saturday. I will say a final thing of uh, on the list of many things that I think have helped um, me arrive at the Buckeyes. It made me, again, my lack of memory, I can't, I don't know. But uh, so many people, when I was talking to uh, Tommy Muse, he brought up Curtis Samuel. I hope his parents know. I know, it's not enough. Seriously, if the, Clemson, if the parents of the Clemson safety are listening to us, I mean, we've made it. Yeah. If yeah. these I are, hope they, I hope yeah. they subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> are they getting the texts? <laughs> um, Teague, I subscribed to the Ohio State text Teague. to get some inside information. Um, one of the guys said that he likes stuffed crust pizza. I don't know if that's helping you. It's a 14-day free trial. <laughs> one of them doesn't eat crust at all. <laughs> Curtis, they brought up Curtis Samuel so much. Yeah. That it really was like, it made me think like, was the whole Ohio State offense in 2016 yes. Curtis Samuel? Yes. Like, yes. Here are the receptions yes. for Ohio State against Clemson. JT Barrett in that game was 19 of 33 for 127 yards three years ago. These are the receptions for Ohio State. Curtis Samuel had nine. He had nine. Yep. He had nine of the 19 for 43 yards. Yep. These are the rest. Corey Smith and Noah Brown each had two. And Ben Victor, KJ Hill, Terry McLaurin, and Mike Weber. Mike Weber no, had Mike Weber had three for four yards. McLaurin, Hill, and Victor each had one. There was like, no, so as I have said many times, I think the Ohio State receivers are good, not great. I think Clemson has the receiving edge in this game. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's receivers are sure as heck better than they were three years ago. I want to Chris say- Olave is better. Ben Victor wow. is better. Austin Mack is better. KJ Hill in the slot. This was not like what we saw the way Johnny Dixon and Terry McLaurin and Paris Campbell and all those guys developed 
over the years. This was when they were young but were being relied upon and they were trying to figure out a passing game and Curtis Samuel was their best runner and their best receiver and all Clemson did was say defend that guy and we're good and it worked. To, uh, to plug something I'm going to be writing, I also talked to uh, Toby Muse the other day at, uh, yeah, at the interviews. Toby! And, and he said, uh, I was asking him about Ohio State's receivers, the three senior receivers specifically for something I'm writing. And he said the name that he brought up as far as somebody that they kind of reminded him of, or at least that they are in the, the essence of, is Hunter Renfro, who caught a billion balls for a lot of yards and is in the NFL now and putting up some big games there too. Had five for 50 for Clemson yeah, right. three years ago. Um, but was because, and it was like, that guy's not maybe a super athlete like a T. Higgins, like the, like the other guys that they're putting out on the corner, but these guys are just veteran, precise, disciplined guys and that those guys can have a huge impact and those, you know, from just talking to other DBs, they say that sometimes those guys can be tougher to guard than the, the uber athlete who is a lot more sloppy with it. I, I think I don't I don't think Hunter Renfro is a bad comparison for KJ Hill. I mean, how important Consistent. Hunter Renfro was so vital Reliable. to them. Yeah, and like just again finding a way to get open, yeah. not the fastest, not the biggest, get open and catch the freaking ball. Yeah. I think that's a great comparison if, for KJ. Hill. If there's one guy on the goal line where like okay, if we're gonna throw this ball and it's to win the national championship, I think they're drawing that up for KJ Hill. There's a lot in play here. I mean, I, I think, again, it's just, I, I feel like the, the, the advantages that Clemson has, it's like it feels like Ohio State can have an answer for those, right? And again, that's mostly in the Clemson passing game. I don't think Isaiah Simmons defensively is going to win it by himself. Um, you know, I, I just, it, it feels like there are a few more things where Clemson will have a more difficult time finding an answer for Ohio State's strength then Ohio State will have a difficult time finding an answer for a Clemson strength. Yeah, that's one of the things that kind of bent my prediction at the end of the day, too. Although I am, I will say, I, I, I don't think Ohio State has played anything near what these receivers are. You're writing about this yeah. later. The cornerbacks, the Ohio State corners versus these DB, yeah. these wide receivers for Clemson. I, there really hasn't been anything close to this kind of matchup, especially two of them yeah. at the same time. And so, I, I, I mean, I, from what I've seen with my eyes, do I believe in the ability of, of Jeff Okuda especially and Sean Wade and probably Damon Arnett as long as he can keep his hands where they're supposed to be and not get in a, uh, get in a penalty situation? Um, yeah, I think that they can do that. But you kind of need to see it. We, that's one of the things that we really haven't seen this year. Anything right. else? Anything else that we're talking about? Uh, we haven't seen him play a quarterback as good as Trevor Lawrence either. But still, anything else we're talking about, I think we can point to a specific time this year where they faced a challenge very similar to that and came ahead. Even Isaiah Simmons. There's some other good linebackers in the Big Ten, guys who were nominees for the same awards that he won. Yeah. But I, the one thing we haven't seen yet is them take away a, a, a receiving threat like that because they just haven't faced a receiving yeah, threat. Yeah, like like I talked to all three of them. Over the last 96 hours. And they all brought up Nico Collins as like the common thread there. But like you're right. It's only one guy, which means Jeff Jeff's on him. Which means the other two are guarding normal Big Ten receivers. This is the first time where like like our Sean might, got, might get Justin or T. Higgins in the slot one time. And then the other times Damon Arnett and Jeff Okuda are on those two. And Sean's on uh, Amari Rogers. So yeah. It's the depth of it more than it is the fact that they haven't seen one of them before. And it's the other reason why I thought all season that if if Alabama had kept it together and Tua hadn't got hurt, that was actually the other really bad matchup potentially. With their receivers. 
because well, it's multiple guys. It's yeah. not just one. It's you're having to go down to the second, third guy. And as good as I think Garnett and and Wade are, and and Akuda's not perfect. I mean, no, somebody's like, going to catch a drop ball off between Akuda, like him being the top but, ten pick in those. Two I'm just games. saying, like, I, and I still think I'm not saying they can't win those that matchup. I'm just saying that was when I was ranking who would potentially be a problem for Ohio State. It was yeah. Clemson one, Alabama two. All right, let's look ahead to LSU when Ohio State plays them for the national championship. <laughs> I, I do want to say this. I, I like now I'm coming around. Like LSU has receivers. LSU yeah. has a great quarterback. LSU has some high level corners. LSU, I think, is get would be a similar matchup for Ohio State. And I think I think the depth and breadth of the talent Ohio State would have an edge on LSU. Mm-hmm. They have some peak dudes, absolutely. But I, but it it'll be really interesting. I, LSU's defense is playing better, but I, I still think there's that's an even farther and drop. They in also don't have the line. Now, but the other thing is, like, LSU, whatever statistically, LSU, the one thing about it is LSU's been tested this yes, year. In that's a way that's that very two fair, teams, yeah. That st- you know, LSU's defense has been trying to stop Auburn and uh, yes. Georgia and Alabama, yeah. and, and Clemson's been trying to stop Wake Forest! Don't, so, put, don't put trying in there. Like, yeah. that was... No. So, here, here's the thing, and I think I, think I, I am guilty of this... Uh, as much as anybody, but I would just like to bring up one last time because I was looking again. Like Amari Cooper had like 1,600 receiving yards in 2014 before he faced Ohio State. He finished with 200 more receiving yards than anybody in the country that year. That guy was a freaking beast. Yes. T. Higgins has 1,082 receiving yards. Justin Ross has 742. They have 52 catches and 55 catches. Amari Cooper had like 100 catches that year. Like they're really good. Like they're not, they're not. Well, but the, like they're, they're, and it's not only about numbers. And I'm sure they haven't played. The ball deep in the they haven't half played the some second halves, right. just like Ohio State's numbers are down. But I think as much as I have, I have, I don't personally have them. Sammy, I, what Sammy Watkins did to Ohio State in 2013 was like should be censored. It was graphic. That guy could not be stopped. I think he had 227 receiving yards. He's in the top five on my list. A whole bunch of screen passes of the best. Game, but he is a. He's just was such an absolute. Um, he was just so good. Like he could do everything. Right. Coaches catch it short, catch it deep. Good hands, good size, could run. The ball 16 times. I mean, like he he just like that. Like I don't think these guys are that. You know, like as good, like they're really good. Sammy Watkins was as good of a college receiver, I felt like, at least on that night. That was a career night for him in a gigantic year. These guys are really good. I think maybe I've overestimated them a little bit because they're very good. But but the usage is different. Like I agree. Like Sam, like I, like I don't. I'm obviously I, like you would remember better than I would because I was just a fan watching on TV while you were there. But it's like, no, that's not true. You would probably still remember it better. <laughs> I, from what I recall, like he got a lot of screen passes and just kind of made plays. While this group of receivers are big plays, down the field, go route guys. With a quarterback who is clearly so much better than what Taj Boyd was. Who's going to launch it and throw it down the field. So I, you're right as far as the production is different. But also the way they're being used is different. Mostly because of the, quarterback, the talent at quarterback. Now I want to. Now I want to look it up. Long receiving plays. Let's see. In uh, in 2013, how many did Sammy Watkins? Did he have a bunch of them? 
while you're doing that, I'm just going to inject. I I do think this is also a game, though, where we talk a lot about these outside guys, but healthy Sean Wade seems really huge in this game. They've got some good guys. First of all, they'll move some of those guys inside sometimes and use them in those situations. But even when they're just using the more conventional slot guys, those are productive guys. A couple of them are bigger bodies. Um, I and and when you when you're paying so much attention to those outside guys, you know all it takes is like the one clear out route where somebody then runs in underneath that and you hit that guy. And if he's matched up with a linebacker. Um, any linebacker, I'm not picking on the Ohio State's linebackers, but then, then it becomes a problem. I think, you know, Sean Wade is potentially a pretty crucial guy. Yeah, no, I, and that's one of the things here. I mean, like, Justin Fields has to stay healthy sh- uh, during the game. Sean Wade has to stay healthy during the game. But, I mean, you know, that also goes for Travis, for Trevor, Travis Lawrence, <laughs> for Toby Lawrence, <laughs> for for Travis Etienne, for Isaiah Simmons, yeah. the best players on both teams. I yeah, think yeah. the game is close enough that, like, a, a really crucial injury one way or the other can swing it. A weird bounce that turns into a pick six can swing it. I think we're in that range. I don't think that, as we talk about believing that Ohio State just probably has more advantages than Clemson does, you know, bad luck or bad injury luck or something like that, I think absolutely Clemson could win. Um, but I'll, so I'll go, I'll go 38-31. What are your, we'll, we'll take a break here and get to some questions. What are your final exact uh, Predictiones. Uh, thir- 32-29. Ohio State. 29 is an odd number. Yeah, how are they going to get to 29? They'll go for... We'll see. Are they going to get two. a safety somewhere? Yeah. Oh. If you nail that, I you, will you miss an extra point and make three fuel goals? Yeah. It's bad. It's, it, it's, it's, it's college football kicker. <coughs> yeah, it, Most it, it, of them are pretty true. bad. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know much about Clemson's kicker, but oh. I assume I assume he misses like seventy percent of his kicks because everybody in college football seems like is always missing field goals. Let's see if his first name starts with a T. Stephen, what's your pick? Uh, thirty-five to twenty-four. Ohio State wins. Wow, comfortable. I don't know. Thirty-five to twenty-four. It's eleven points. I mean, that's that's yeah, comfortable. That's, that's a test down. Yeah, their kicker is only twelve of nineteen. Actually, oh, wow. so yeah. I mean, that's but it, it's interesting. Thirty-five twenty-four is an interesting pick because you know what that is? That's essentially the score of every Ohio State game this year. It means that, like, but I think it's, uh, it's when they played. When they played, you're right. Good but teams. I think the difference is like, like in in twenty sixteen, Deshaun Watson's picks they didn't pay for him. I think they're going to pay for one. If he pick, if he throws two interceptions on Saturday, I think Ohio State makes Clemson pay for one, and that's where that extra yeah, I just say, of points comes from. Yeah, that's I, why. I think it's a completely plausible yeah. prediction because if you think that Clemson is maybe just a really good version of Penn State or Wisconsin or whatever, you know what I'm saying? That's essentially how Ohio State beats yeah. those teams is by I, a similar score. I mean, I do think the idea of like back and forth, back and forth, like. Ohio State scores in the last six minutes to go up two scores and kind of yeah. put it away. I think that's a little low. Like I, I, I would, I would not be shocked if it was forty-five, forty-one. No, I like, wouldn't. Like either. I really, I think it could push up there. I don't know that anybody's going to get stopped. Again, I think, and I think it's about slowing people down, getting a big third down stop at the right time, yeah. a critical turnover. Somebody goes for it on fourth down and doesn't yeah. make it, a missed field goal. That like, I think the scoring opportunities. I think both teams are going to have lots of opportunities to score. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of futz up a couple of your chances, where it's like, well, we probably should have scored there, but you know, we had a, a third and seven pass that yeah. should have been a ten yard gain, and the guy dropped it. Like then all of a sudden that's a punt. You probably shouldn't have had to punt there because you were moving the ball, you know, or you try 
I mean, it's just going to be one of those games, and, and really, I mean, it's you've seen this enough. It's like like a holding call on first down could be the difference. Is going to yeah. be crucial yeah. Yeah. to get Ohio State is so good about staying on schedule for either of these teams to get off schedule. If you believe, and I do believe, I do believe that Ohio State will limit Clemson's big plays. Do we think that as well? I believe they will limit them relative to how often Clemson usually gets them. I don't believe they will limit them relative to how often Ohio State usually allows them. I think that, yeah, I agree they'll limit them, which is like off, they're all, Clemson's offensive line coach, Rob, Robbie Caldwell. I couldn't remember his name when we were doing the video. Now I can, mostly because I just pulled it up on my computer. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. He talked about, like, the, the big. I think it's the forcing them to have to have big plays on third and long situations. Because, like, that's, like, the one thing that they're often, like, he talked about. They cannot get in the third and long, and we all know why. And I think if, like, they're limit if they're forcing them to have to do them on third down situations, then, like, I think Ohio State's at an advantage there. Because then you're sending you-know-who to get, yeah. you know. You know and I do think, I think Ohio State's built a little more to march. I yeah. think Clemson relies a little more on the big play. Um and it's just, but it is just funny. Like if somebody, you know, it's one of those things. Like you get a stop on third down, but somebody hits the quarterback late, and yeah. all of a sudden you yeah. keep a drive alive. Like one or two plays like that, I think absolutely could swing the game. And so, if you're not smart, if you're if you're a little sloppy with some of the penalties, or again you get a bad break, um, every drive, like I think every drive, I think it's going to be a slow start, and then I think they're going to figure it out, and it's going to be like score, 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 yeah. score, score. Oh, a punt. I think it, I, my outrageous prediction was four punts to start the game, like in the like. Okay, how do we do this? What the do other we do team here? Score, and yeah. then like I think it could be like seven to three after the first quarter, and then it might be like both teams score like fourteen points every each quarter the rest of the way or something like that. So um, that's where we are. We wanted to give you guys. We did not tease it. We didn't do questions and then say stick around until the end to get our picks. We just threw them out there. Now we're going to get to your questions. We appreciate you guys subscribing on text. Again, 14-day free trial. If the, I mean, I, the text subscriber numbers, if they win Saturday, they better pop. Because there's 16 days in between. Yeah. You can almost like free trial your way to like coverage of the national title game. So cleveland.com slash OSU. Go check that out. Make sure you're reading all of our stories there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, cleveland.com Ohio State. Bunch of videos there. Um, make sure we're doing, again, we're doing the daily podcast. So this is our third podcast since we've been out here. We will do another one on the 27th after we have the coaches uh, interview in the morning. And then we'll have the post-game podcast after the game on Saturday. We will come back on Buckeye Talk with your text questions. Thanks to you guys for listening. All right, back on Buckeye Talk. We just figured out what our Friday podcast is going to be. We're kind of going to avoid... Uh, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, not avoid them, but we're not going to dig in on that. That will be the Friday podcast, a final look at the two quarterbacks in this game uh, and and how much of an influence they will have on it. So right now we're going to get to your tech subscriber questions, have more than 80 of them. I asked everybody to include their score prediction with their question. Uh, This is from our guy Luke. He says, Ohio State 45, Clemson 38. Do we think being considered an underdog might be the best thing for this team in preparation? Um, what have you guys felt from the underdog vibe out here? Sick of the um, yeah, I think it's semi-ridiculous. I don't know why. I mean, they're undefeated, and they got picked, which they were kind of, I guess they forced their way in. But they're here at the college football playoff. They're ranked. They both got first place votes in the polls. I, I don't, I, the disrespect thing, I, it makes for an easy 
um, storyline, I suppose. And whatever you need to use to, to motivate yourself is fine. Obviously, Ryan Day, as recently as the uh, Tuesday practice that we saw, was still screaming about uh, go show people how wrong they were. But um, I, I don't know. To me, it's a little silly at this point. Yeah, we were like... No, no offense to the 2,000 reporters who've been asking questions we, about how we these were teams like, are disrespected. I think, I think it was Monday like when we were just sitting around, hanging around, being normal human beings. Um, I think you had it like one of the Clemson riders. I think it's the one you had on your podcast, on the podcast. Um, we kind of asked him about like the old underdog thing and why like Dabo is so like married to it. And he's like, he's kind of been an underdog his whole life. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But now like you won 28 straight games. You have literally one of the... Highest rated recruits of all time as your quarterback is probably going to be the number one pick in the draft. Like, you're the reigning champions. You're in the playoff for the fifth time in the six years we've been doing this. You're not a real underdog, dude. And on the other side, Ryan Day, look, dude, like, you've got the best player in college football. You've got another, you've got one of the highest rated recruits of all time at quarterback. You're undefeated. Yeah, like, this is, I think, part of this week has been like, which court, which coach can, like, like convince the world that they're more of the underdog than the other, and it's like it's not a thing. Like you're probably the two best teams. Well, in football. here's the thing, and uh, here's the thing I think is the real thing. Everybody on Clemson's roster, almost everybody, has a ring. Nobody yeah. on Ohio State's roster has a ring. Yeah, right. Ohio right. State has to be hungrier because Chase Young's never experienced this. You would think so. Trevor Lawrence has. Travis Etienne has. They've done it already. Like, that is even, always a Austin thing in sports. Even, they haven't even been here. This is alone. what. Purdue and Iowa have ruined this opportunity. Clemson's hasn't lost in two years. Yeah. The thing that happened in 06 was only one of those two teams was undefeated. So, And Urban was a master motivator of it. Yeah. Urban was better at the underdog stuff than either of these two guys are because Urban made stuff up. Urban made up quotes and said, and said, this is what people are saying about you and hung them up in Florida's locker room. It's like, nobody said that. Urban's like, oh, sorry. All right, Daisley, they doubted us all year. So, so like, I don't think the underdog thing is a thing because it's balanced out. I do think, absolutely, Ohio State needs this. Clemson wants it. Now, does that make you win or lose? I think it's a slight intangible for Ohio State. I, I, I think it might be a slight intangible for Ohio State the way, though, that um, experience at this moment is See, and I know you wrote that. Uh, do you think Ohio State would not... Would no, have no, any trouble with a big stage? I don't know if it's having trouble with the big stage, but I do think there's something to be said for just comfort level in those surroundings and having been at that moment before and just knowing what this week is about. I, I see. I, yeah. I don't agree with that because while they haven't been in the playoff, Ohio State plays gigantic games all the yeah. time. Right. They win their bowl games all the time. These guys have played in Big Ten championship games. They've played Michigan. They've played must-win he's, games. He's They've played right. Oklahoma. Like I just, I think that applies a lot of the time. I don't yeah. think it applies to a team like Ohio State. They live on this stage. Yeah, that's what you're right. With so every, I don't really think all that's the a disadvantage like four for teams in college football, just because like I mean, Ohio State and Clemson in a late game, and even if Ohio State was playing Oklahoma. They'd still be the prime time game because it's Ohio State. So like that, you're absolutely right with like the experience thing, except for maybe three or four teams because three or four teams are always the big game regardless. Understand? I'm not saying it's a major factor in a game, but I'm saying that it, I think there there is a slight edge there, the same way Ohio State might have this slight edge in hunger. Although I will say it's not Clemson isn't just playing to win another game or go to another. I mean, there have there's never been a team that's. Gone thirty and zero, won back to back national championships, and and they've got plenty to play for too. They've got guys yeah. on this roster who know that this is their 
last chance to win a championship because they're either seniors or they're going yeah, off to the another NFL next year. But there's all, there is a, a, a difference between you're going back to the to the buffet line for seconds versus you've been out all day, you know, working hard in the sun and you're trying to get your first. Everybody play. always says it's harder to maintain it than yeah. it is to get up the hill. And Ohio State's trying to get up the hill and Clemson's trying to stay there. I will say, I, I think, the, going back to the motivation thing, um, you know, Dabo has, one of the things he has played on is this whole idea of the things that we've talked about, how Clemson doesn't play anybody because the ACC is awful. That is one thing, I guess, if I was a coach, I yeah. might use at this point, like, hey, go show them yeah. that it doesn't matter. You know, may, who cares how good our competition is? We're good. Right. But Clemson already showed that last year. You would think so, yeah. And, then even, that, in the, and even in his speech afterward, he was still, like, underdog. It's like, we just beat Alabama. Dude, you beat him two okay, years we're ago, done. Too. We're done. We're done. Dabo and Ryan Day are both nuts about this yeah. stuff. From the 813, why do you think Boston College was such a good fit for Jeff Halfley? I personally don't see the allure. Prediction, Clemson, won, Clemson 31-20. I believe Brent Venables will bring exotic blitzes that Thayer Munford and Brandon Bowen can't pick up. And I believe Tough Borland and Pete Warner are a liability against an offense like this. I don't think Tough Borland and Pete Warner, I don't think the game's going to come down to them. I think it's going to come down to Malik Harrison and Baron Browning and some Pete Warner. Like, I just, I don't know that, I don't know how much we're going to see Tough Borland. Like, like I don't, on third down, on third and one, yes, I, like, that would not be a worry for me because I think they have other guys who can run a little bit better. And as far as the Boston College thing, I wrote about that with Jeff Halfley. He just feels like it's a, it's a cultural fit. He's a Northeast guy. I think he liked the AD a lot, which matters a lot. Um, should go read the story. I, I wouldn't have gone, but he did. Um, you weren't invited. I like Boston. They have duck boats. Uh, Doug, from the videos, Justin, Neal's, for Justin Fields' knee looks healthy. Do you think there's precaution here, but some mental gymnastics and trickery uh, for Brent Venables to think about? Me think so. I cannot wait to get to Phoenix tomorrow for the game. You should host another tailgate. That's from our guy Chip Munn. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. From the 724. So the Justin Fields shut down the knee talk today. What is our final analysis of knee talk overall for, for Justin Fields and what anything, what's real, what's not real, what's a gamesmanship, what's truth? Well, if you remember, we had this podcast uh, sitting at this very table a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, maybe he's like sandbagging. Like, it's, it's weird that he's talking about 80, 85% being so open about it. Well, then come to find out, he shouldn't have been talking about it. Yeah. He was told, hey, stop talking about it. So maybe that is, maybe that was a more accurate, <laughs> more candid um, assessment of, of where he was at. It was so real, they said, right. be quiet. Well, well, I, I think he keeps on the yeah, nose. I think, what so, it is. I think he just keeps telling the truth. Like, yeah. Like, it's like, no, even with, like, obviously, like, no one actually came out and diagnosed it with a sprained MCL, but, like, that was, like, the first strike. <laughs> And then he came out and said some more things. And then he said, I'm 80 to 85%. And they're like, dude, we keep yes, telling you to like, shut up. We, we, we have a do we, it. We have a no talk stop about it. injuries policy yeah, for a reason. Stop doing it. If we say, like, to ask Ryan Day on Friday, Ryan, did you, if you had to pick out, like, one weakness of justice, what is it? It's he's telling the truth yeah. too much. I think, uh, I think he probably got a copy of Fight Club from, yeah. like, oh, every yeah. coach on this uh, staff for uh, Christmas. I So... I don't know. Watching him at practice, you don't see him. He's not like limping around. Um, and we're only seeing him do very rudimentary things. So I, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that we know something about this, the, the quality of his leg. Here's what I will say. They did just win two games with his leg in what was probably worse shape than what it's going to be on Saturday. Good point. They can't be worse than it was when he was it's, trying to play yes. back-to-back off of the end. It has like to be better than... Yeah, it has to be better than when they. Yeah, it has to be better than when they blew out Michigan at Michigan and then came back in the second half and won the Big Ten championship game. Right. 
So it, it's better than it was when he did those, helped them do those things. From the 239, the pick is Ohio State 34-31. What's your vibe on Chase Young versus Clemson? Are we going to get the Chase Young from Wisconsin or the one from Penn State, Michigan? Did you talk to Chase today? I did. What's his vibe? It's the same as what it was on Tuesday. He is like... You wrote about it earlier, and like I'm going to address it again in the story, but it's just like seriousness of purpose. Yeah, it's like he's here, and it's like, all right, now what are we going to do about it? Like he's, he's he doesn't seem to be enjoying himself, and like all the festivities that come with playing in a bowl game. He's just kind of like, this is part of the process. Let's get the Saturday and let's get the ball rolling. I don't think he wants to enjoy himself. I don't yeah. think he was like enjoying himself. He said afterward, I'll have. He said at Northwestern, I'll have fun when the season's over, and then. I think 20% on top of that is the NCAA came along and said, hey, you can't play for two games because of this thing. And that would suck a little bit of like the child, childlike joy yeah, yeah, out of yeah. the game and be like, you know what? I knew it was a business before. It's really a business. I'm here to win, and then I'm going to go be a gazillionaire. Yeah. But like, okay, great. Let's go to Top Golf. But like, that's not really what I'm here for. I just love like, his like, way of trash talking without actually trash talking, where it's like, I mean, you can do that if you want to. I mean, I love guys who are like confident in a really interesting way where they are clearly confident but not exactly calling other people no. out. And Dwayne Haskins was like that. Chase is like that in a different way. And like, I just love it. Like, they're like, yeah, I'm good. Why would I act like I'm not good? Here is the quote If they feel good about their O line and about their guy, then we'll let them throw him out there and we'll see. That's the quote. If. He said it. <laughs> If they feel good, that would be nuts. But throw them out there. <laughs> Ohio State 42, Clemson 24. It's the Woody Hayes revenge game from the 6-3-0. From the 6-1-4, who will be the leading rusher and passer in the game? Okay, 35-31, Ohio State. A lot of people are in the same range. High 30s, Ohio State by one score. That's from the 6-1-4. Who will lead this game in passing? Who will lead this game in rushing? I think Trevor Lawrence will lead it in passing. Lawrence will lead in passing, and I think he'll J.K. Dobbins will lead in rushing. That's what I would say, too. Yeah, Trevor will throw it more, so he'll, like, within... Yeah. From the 415, based on everything you're hearing about Thayer Munford, I would give him a 75% chance to leave. Get to the league while you can still play. Ohio State 38-34 from the 415. We didn't ask people about this. Thayer Munford told the dispatch... Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers told Letterman Row that they're all coming back. That's great. It's never my priority. Hey, Tate Martell's playing quarterback. We have to stop the podcast and go write nine stories. Yep. Tate Martell is playing quarterback. And his mom on the other line. We'll get his mom on one line and his girlfriend on the other, and we can have the greatest podcast ever. Um, all three guys told people they're coming back. They have until whatever the date is in mid-January. I think it's January 20th or something like that, like a week after the national title game. People change their mind. If this is their plan, that's great. Um, if they were leaving, they wouldn't say it. So I guess they could have said, I don't know yet, because often I don't know yet means I'm leaving. We already covered this. Chase Young in New York said, I'm thinking about it. Of course, he's not going to stay. So if, if Munford, Myers, and, and Wyatt Davis are all back next year, that is fantastic news from them. I am never as hepped up about like breaking news on this kind of stuff until – the deadline is actually here because sometimes – I've told the story before. I asked Mike Conley in the locker room at the national championship game after they lost to Florida, are you back? He said, I am back. I said, are you 100% guaranteeing you are back? He, he said, left. yes. And he left. And then he <laughs> left. And he left because he didn't know what he was saying. And he didn't lie. He just right. didn't know. Now, 
if these guys are getting evaluations and they're not even trying, but like a lot of things in your life can change in a, in a month, in it, half a month. Especially when you're asking somebody in the heat of the moment when they're all emotional. And a lot of this stuff, just think about, you absolutely, we all have times in our lives where it's like you honestly don't think about something because you're so busy doing yeah. something else. For instance, I didn't think about what to get my family for Christmas. I was covering football. If you want good Christmas presents, get a father and a husband who's not a football writer. Did somebody get a a, a nice Fiesta Bowl pullover? Yeah. <laughs> got my 12-year-old daughter. It's an extra large. Sorry, it's kind of big. Look, but it's, it's got a, a cactus on it. It's a Fiesta Bowl media credential lanyard. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's a pack of cookies from the I did bring a pack of cookies and pretend it was present i also stole six pens from the media room today from the 614 mac brown said his strategy for north carolina's game against clemson was to slow the game down as much as possible and limit big plays do you envision a similar game plan for ohio state i do think that's interesting the mac brown urban meyer ryan day connection of like how to hang with clemson i now suddenly realize oh that probably has been conveyed one way or the other I don't think slow down in terms of like, I think Ryan Day will go up-tempo offensively when he wants to go up-tempo. Yeah. He's not going to go four corners. He, he's got Carolina, the talent to do it. Carolina couldn't match talent. So you've got him. Yeah. Ohio State absolutely matches talent. But the idea of like, limit big plays, make them march, we've talked about that a lot. I don't know that you need to right. slow the game down. You just need to keep the ball away from them. Yeah. And I think they'll do that naturally. Uh, and the prediction there is Ohio State 38, Clemson 27. Uh, let's see. Thirty-eight, thirty-four Buckeyes from the three one zero. This is a long question. It's kind of interesting. Recruiting question and comment for the pod. On a previous pod, you debated whether or not Ohio State would need to recruit at an elite level to remain in contention for national titles, or could they take a small step back and still compete? I'm in violent agreement with Steven here. With all the success that Clemson has had in previous years with top 10 or 15 classes, I think it's reasonable to assume that they will only get better now that they are absolutely crushing it on the recruiting trail. If Ohio State wants to keep with, up with Clemson on the field, I, don't, I really don't think there's any question that they'll need to keep up with them on the recruiting trail. What do you think? Um... I don't remember what we said. I mean, if the idea was like, do they need to have top three classes? Did we, were you sort of saying they have to recruit like a top two or three class every year? I just thought they need to be within that like top eight. Which Clemson has not been. So no. if the argument is like, well, now Clemson's well, recruiting good, so now Ohio State needs to recruit good. Clemson has built a national power without being at that level. Here's the thing that I think is, is true. I mean, of course you need to do that. But the question is, if you don't have like a 2017 class where you have seven impact starters among the top 53 recruits in the 2017 class that are leading this Ohio State team, can you play at this level? What Clemson has done is have coaching continuity, get guys who fit their plan, who fit their system, and do that at a super high level. So if you're not going to have the recruiting, then I think coaching continuity and development can make up for that. Ohio State has done a very good job developing guys. So I think my point in that was I think they can take a small step back and have the sixth or seventh best class and still compete at the highest level. I don't know that they have to have a number two ranked class. But I actually think if your argument is like, well, now Clemson's going to recruit. And have. And have that. But now they also are losing one of their coordinators who's been here for five years. Like, like I, I guess I know what you're saying, except the other thing is Clemson, with what they are currently doing, 
is the counter to the argument that you're making yeah. of like, well, now... I just think that three of the top five teams in the recruiting rankings for 2020 are also three of the four teams in the college football playoff right now. And the only team that's not is Oklahoma, but they also got a transfer quarterback who's been in the playoff every year of his career. Two years from now, like I think is when we'll be able to say, like, well, am I right in my assumption of if you have a top eight recruiting class, well, you're probably going to have one of the top eight teams in the country and be in a position to possibly play for it in a college football playoff. And I think, like, it, it starts with the talent, yes. Yes, like, to your assistant coaches matter, but not that more than players and not more than talent. No, 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 right, absolutely. So, like, they can't, when I say they take a step, they can't take a step back, they can't, like, one year have, like, the 15th best class in the country. Like they did last year. Yeah, and even then it's like, okay, like, you had the 15th best class, but, like, their two best players are impact players right away. Right. And you follow that up with the third best recruiting class in the country. Well, they can't go back and forth where it's third best class in the country and the 19th best class. It has yeah, to be. I'm sure the, the debate we were having was not about whether Ohio State can compete for national titles if they have the 18th best recruiting class in the country. Like, nobody thinks that. No. So, I just think they need to be consistently within that top eight. If they but want I to thought continue. what you were saying was that I don't disagree with that. I just don't know that they have to be in the top three. Right. Well, no. Because no, I don't think – no, I don't think top three. Like, I, top eight. For, I just think top eight. There's no way that I said they can be outside the top eight and compete for national titles. So now the debate is over. I agree. <laughs> that was- From the three, two, one. Any update on your switch to Texas? People asked him about it. He said, "I'm not talking about it." Brett, McMur- Brett McMurphy like, reported more today that it's going to happen. I think it's jacked if that happens. I think that is whack to the tenth degree if that's how that goes down. Um, Ohio State will be fine. I just think that's weird. I just think that's weird. I don't like climbers. I don't like all-out climbers who are just like. Is there a job out there that's 1% better than my current job that I've only been at for a year? I'll go. If there's a job that's 50% better, great. If there's a job that's 1% better, but you've been at your current job for three or four years and you feel like you're trying to make yourself better and have yeah. a better, To go for a 5% better job after a year, I think it's whack, man. What was the best pres- best Christmas present we got? Again, this is from the 321. Anyone get a good Christmas present? I will say my family has a, tradi- a tradition. We go to a drugstore on Christmas Eve, and everybody has $5 for each other person in the family to buy gifts in the drugstore. And then we get home and we give the gifts. So my wife spent $5 on me. My daughter spent $5 on me. My other daughter spent $5 on me. And I did the same to them. So it's we a bunch of $5 gifts. Yes. That's a real family thing. So I don't, have a I don't know what this means. All three people in my family got, your cough drops. got me stress balls <laughs> that you squeeze when you're stressed. I think we all would have gotten you stress balls. So I think two of I, those are for us, too, yeah. for when we record this podcast. Yeah. I don't know what they're trying to say. It means you need a vacation, dude. It was a stress ball kind of Christmas. So what did you guys get? Um, yeah, we kind of truncated our Christmas, all of our stuff this year. Um, I mean, I don't know. I got, I got some, some nice clothes. Nice. Um, I don't really care too much about people getting me gifts. I mean, my dad got me like a band for my Apple Watch. I I mean, that's, I don't care about that. Like we had Christmas on Saturday at my house, at my apartment. Like my roommate's gone. He went to Florida with his family. So like I have, I had the house to myself for 72 hours before I had to come to Arizona and do a job so we had christmas at my house it was my, myself my parents my grand my both of my grandmothers and my two uncles mellow sis and so yeah that was probably the best gift i could have had is just being family out, time just baby being my family in my own home 
That makes me cry. Ohio State 38, Clemson 31. Colin Cowherd thinks the ACC schedule helps Clemson, keeps them fresh, easy wins. Thoughts from the 216. If that's your argument, then Ohio State is just as fresh. This is one of the stories I'm not going to get to write, but Ohio State's offensive linemen played 200 fewer snaps. The starting offensive linemen played 200 fewer snaps than they did last year. They are as fresh as they can be, too. So, like, if we're going to play the game of, like, your schedule stinks and that keeps you fresh, like... Clemson stinks more, but Ohio State's also stunk. So for the first 10 games, they were like as fresh as any team in the country could be. They got tested more late than Clemson did. I don't know, and I don't care what Colin Cowherd thinks. I appreciate you bringing up the topic from the 216, but mm-hmm. I don't care what he thinks. Do you guys think there is like, that Clemson somehow would be fresher because the ACC is stinkier than the Big Ten? Uh, no, not really, simply because Ohio State had its own it wasn't so much as how good the teams were that Ohio State played for those first 11 weeks 10 weeks but they pounded all of them so they got kind of the same break that Clemson did regardless of of what the the talent I know that we talked about this the other day about yes they've played now three or four tough games in a row but they also just had a three-week break. I think that probably kind of balances out, and especially because I do think, as we talked about before, there may be a depth advantage for Ohio State here. Um, that that already helped them stay fresher than maybe a team like Clemson would have been in a similar situation. The best the best Christmas present guy says Ohio State 35, Clemson 34. We'll give you the next one, Stephen. From the 210, what's more likely, J.K. runs for 250 or Justin throws for 300? Hmm. 250 is a lot. That's a lot of yards, man. But it's like, do you really think Justin Fields is going to throw for 300 yards? I mean... Has he thrown... How many times has, has he thrown for twice, 300 yards? Twice, I'm pretty sure. You're late in the year, he did. And he's been times. at 299 a couple of times. Uh, I don't think he's been there a couple of times, but... At 299? Yeah, he has. He has, uh, he has four games of 299 or more? That's what you're saying? I'm taking the under. How much pizza are we betting on this? Let's see. No, one ninety. No, one ninety nine. I'm sorry. I am two thirty four, two twenty four, one ninety nine, two twenty three, two twelve, two oh six, one ninety four, one sixty seven, two hundred, three oh five versus Rutgers, one eighty eight, three oh two versus Michigan, two ninety nine versus Wisconsin. So, yeah, so four, three of the last four games, he's thrown for at least two ninety nine, two ninety nine, three oh two, three oh five. Three of the last four. I think the three. Uh, I would say Justin now. Yeah. Now that I've learned information, it's which not I did even not that. Know. It's just like with passing, like you can have like a forty-five yard pass play. Like that's more like you know susceptible than getting a forty-five yard run. Well, also if if you're if you're trying to just cover all your bases and you're making a if you were literally making this bet, you would take Fields because it covers what could happen if Ohio State is also losing. Yeah. And, and J.K. They have leaned on J.K. and he's been awesome. The last three games, he has 36, 31, and 33 carries. I mean, he can't have more than that. His yardage is 157, 211, and 172. And so, like, he's, he's not going to run for two. Like, you're asking a guy. I don't think either's going to happen. I mean, no. I guess the what's – I don't think either's going to happen. I, I don't think Justin's going to throw for 300 yards. I mean, if I had to guess, I would say that, like, J.K. runs for, like, 200 or 180, and Justin throws for like 250. Yeah, that's what like man, 250 yards is a lot of rushing yards. Like two, like like maybe like will they get the 500 yards of combined offense? Like maybe, but like I guess, but they'll have a couple of the people will do like some things. Will and Justin some will have some rushing yeah. yards. So I think like 250. I think they could go 250, 250, 
throw and pass. I mean, throw and run total. Yeah. And then JK right. gets like 180 of the 250 yeah. rushing. 250. I just that's, don't think, I don't think a, 300. If he, if he carries it 30 times, that's almost eight and a half yards per carry, which is like insane. From the 585, Clemson 35, Ohio State 31. My heart is very much bucks, and I believe in Chase. But with the issues the line has getting pressure without Chase and the offensive line, random failures and pass protection, my brain thinks Clemson gets this. Question, is this a potential breakout game for Baron Browning? Uh, I talked to Baron a decent amount um, on Thursday. He said he feels good physically. Uh, I said, does this feel like the kind of game for you? He sort of said, yeah, it feels like the kind of game for me. I don't think that takes a genius to figure that out. Like, I think maybe. And and, and, and I, I've, I've, I just really like Baron Browning as a player and as a person. I've, I've kind of wanted him to have breakout opportunities. Um, it's the end of his junior year. He had a good year. He had he had a decent year last year. He had a good solid year this year. He didn't dominate. No. He he didn't he didn't play. But there every were some snap. injury issues he did have in some there. You know what's going to help with that? I think that like I'm firmly in, under, under the belief that they're going to go nickel most of the game, which means yeah. like there's only going to be two linebackers. And to your point, you said earlier, we're not going to see a lot of tough Borland. I think it's going to be Malik. Baron Browning and Pete Warner as the three main linebackers kind of rotating with two spots. So, like, there's just going to be more opportunities for him to have a, a game for him because he's going to be getting a lot of, those, a lot of snaps. Uh, from the 513 Ohio State 3128. Uh, 703, any discussion of the PED scandal that forced several of Clemson's players to miss last year's title game? I saw their suspended tight end regained his eligibility for the playoff. Ohio State 38-34, again from the 703. I know Trevor Lawrence was asked about that, about the guy coming back, like trying to integrate him back in. Um, Not a lot of discussion about it. I mean, it's like, I don't know. That's kind of Clemson's deal. Um, They're getting some guys back. I mean, a lot of times with this, it's like they're getting some guys back who – haven't been around. Like they're really good. I don't think a guy who hasn't played all year is going to like make Especially the difference in a playoff like, game. I mean, he's not like one of your like elite level talents, right? From the four one two thirty eight thirty one Buckeyes. What's the plan with Ohio State for the next two days logistically? From the four one two, they are basic. They are in a normal game week. The fact yeah. that, uh, and I think it's in hindsight, we didn't know exactly when they were going to come in. I think one of the reasons they flew in on Sunday instead of on Monday was to make it feel like a normal game week because mm-hmm. usually they're off. um like they're so so they, they had a normal Sunday practice which is just kind of a walk through it yeah. thing and then that got just led into the rest of it yeah and so Friday for them they always call they call the best Fridays in football it's kind of like a walk through thing they do some fun stuff they yep. try to relax put the haze in the barn a little bit so they went hard again on Thursday today for the last time mm-hmm. and then Relax on Friday and get ready for a game on Saturday. So, and again, Ryan Day brought this up again, and we talked about it a lot there. I feel like I can feel them realizing it even more. This does not feel like a bowl. Ryan Day said it again today. He said it in Columbus before, but he said it again today. It's, and it's not that, like, you know, there's not festivities, but the window is so compressed. And I wrote about it before, 51 days in 06, 21 days now. It just feels like they had a bye, and now they're playing a game. Mm-hmm. The prep, I've heard coaches on both say, both sides, Brett Venables talked about it, coaches on both sides talked about the limited prep time. Even, even though it's not 51 days and it's never going to be that again, this is a week shorter than normal. You usually get a month. You usually get four weeks. But the fact that the semifinals were moved up and the conference championship weekend was as late as it can be. December 7th, that's the latest it can be. Sometimes it's December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. If you have from the 3rd until the 31st, that's 28 days. They had from the 7th to the 28th, that's 21 days. There is a week less prep time here. And the coaches absolutely felt it, especially with recruiting jammed in there. And they're feeling it here. So 
Like all, all the stuff that sometimes you talk about, what trick plays did you think up? How much are you maybe going to change what you normally do? Who are the young guys flashing in bowl practice? There is like none of that talk here because they're just getting ready for a game like they would any other week. They really, I think that really set in for all of them here because like they got here and they just have to get down to business. They barely they squeezed in Christmas with their families if they could. It's just, it's really, it's the least bowl-like situation that I've noticed in, in, in 15 years, and it's not even close. And it's not only because it's raining in Arizona, but it really is. I don't know that it has an effect, right? Because both teams have to deal with it. But there's not a be a lot of, there's no dipsy-doo dunkaroo twists that people are coming up with. Because yeah. they're just trying to, like, break down normal game film. Well, both coaches were talking about this coming in. Like, Dabo talked about it at the press conference out here on Sunday, saying that he did this, like, 13-month uh, plan that he puts together last spring and it, that early he noticed like wait a second this can't be right and he ended up getting in a fight with his ops guy like arguing over this this there must be a mistake this can't be right and then and Ryan Day talked about it too especially under the the um, circumstance that they had with you know two guys in New York and all these other award ceremonies you're traveling all over the place that's basically a week gone recruiting's a week gone so yeah it, it, it I think it definitely is something that the, the coaches felt I wonder if that's something that they'll I know you're talking about how you know just that's how the calendar falls but I wonder if that'll be addressed some way in the future from the 440 it's Justin in Rock Hill South Carolina Clemson is also in South Carolina I applied for a job in Rock Hill South Carolina one time did not get it I'm curious to know what Shame. you think about the flow of this game there's a lot of jobs I didn't get over the years I applied for a job in Arizona that I didn't get. They didn't, they wouldn't even like, they wouldn't even like respond to me. They just ignored me. I think a lower scoring defensive battle favors Ohio State. I wonder if we are giving this Clemson offense a bit too much credit relative to Ohio State's ability to run, control the line of scrimmage, and keep the ball away from Clemson. Clemson will definitely score, but I do think the game will stay in the low 30s. I predict Ohio State 34, Clemson 31, with Ohio State dominating time of possession. I'm not sure that I agree with 100% of that, but I don't think any of that is wrong. I think Ohio State definitely has the ability to hold on to the ball longer with the way they march. And I do think that there's a chance that Ohio State can control this game on both sides of the line. I don't I don't think and, and the idea of like we just already talked about it. Are we giving Clemson's offense maybe too much credit? I think maybe that's true too. I think I think Justin is on to something here. Do you think it's possible that there's gonna be this has happened, I've seen this happen before with Ohio State, and everyone kind of saw it coming, but like in 09 when they played Oregon in the Rose Bowl. And it was Chip Kelly and the spread offense when everybody thought the spread offense was from Mars. And then it was like, oh, yeah, Cam Hayward. Nobody can block him. (laughs) And it was like, Ohio State's offensive line. They are big. Oregon is small. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I don't... I'm not guaranteeing that's going to happen. Like, if there's a kind of vibe to that, I know a lot of people have asked about, like, Clemson's smaller defensive line and that kind of things. And if it just turns out that Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers are just, like, throwing people around... I think that's on the table. Yeah, for well, Ohio we've State, seen it. both sides. We've seen it happen. We've seen it happen against other good def- defensive fronts. They've tossed those guys around. I mean, yeah, I, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State. These are well, maybe not so much Michigan defensively, but I mean, it's these are stalwart football teams, and at times they just kind of bent to Ohio State's will up front. And I, that, I think it's definitely on the table. I think, as I said in the video we recorded earlier today, we, we talked earlier about how the defense was getting worn down by these, like, you know, three, four tough games in a row. I really think you were seeing that on the offensive line. Not just Thayer Munford, who's, who's dealt with this all year, but other guys have been banged up, and it's just those guys have played every meaningful snap all season if they've been healthy, and they needed a break, too, and I think they're going to come out a little bit rejuvenated. For the 2-4-8, Ohio State 31, Clemson 28, what was the mood of the Ohio State players? Nervous, excited, confident, all of the above? Did you guys get a vibe from media day talking to guys? Annoyance? 
<laughs> really? <laughs> they had not, to be there for personally. an hour. and yeah. Not necessarily. <laughs> although, well, a couple of occasions I kind of got the vibe. Um, no, I think that, I think they're pretty relaxed. Again, this is not a team, um, kind of going back to what we were talking about before, I, I don't think they're going to like shrink in the moment. I, I think this is a team that they've been hungry for this. And now this is where they've expected to be all along. And they feel like they belong here. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying going back two, three years, this is where they've expected to be all along. It's more like um, this is where we were supposed to have been two years ago. It's where we were supposed to have been last year. Now we're here, um, and I, I think they, they feel pretty comfortable in that moment. I think a couple of them just are ready for Saturday to be here. I think I, they, there's probably some of that, too. It's like it's it, been a, a long break. I mean, it, compared to – I know it doesn't. it's not a long break compared to a usual bowl game. It's a long break compared to a usual game. And it really seems like the guys who we also got on Tuesday, like – J.K. Dobbins, Chase Young, Justin Fields, Benjamin, those guys, just because, like, this is now the second time that they had to sit up there. And then there's another media, like, they obviously they're done with their media available, but there's another day of, like, we, having to do something that has, doesn't have to do with football. They just, they all look like they're ready to play football. And, like, the joy of just, uh, the interesting thing about the college football play is because you're still technically competing for something. A lot of the joy and, like, fun that comes with playing in a bowl game just doesn't seem to be there. Yeah, I, no, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird how they wedge the, the playoff into the bowl system. Because usually, I mean, the bowl, the bowl system is just a vacation. Yeah, but you can't like, enjoy it when you're still in, like, we're right. trying to win mode. Instead right. of, it doesn't matter. I interrupted Austin Ward's, um, not Austin Ward's. Austin uh, Mack. Austin Mack's uh, Uno game. <laughs> and and uh, so I think he was a little bit annoyed. But no, like, in general, I mean, because the, they, they got all these, like, Connect Four and Uno and all this stuff out there that they're keep, playing. They're um, playing around each other. Like yeah. when I was talking to Jackson Carmen, the guy sitting next to him were like playing Uno, but then there was a guy like two seats down from Jackson. So like they would pass cards to one another. Like I am a you're a better reporter than me. I literally did like not talk to Josh Proctor because he was playing Uno, and I was like, oh, respectful. I'll, I'll come back when he's done with Uno, and then I never got back to him because <laughs> he never no, got I'm, done playing I'm, Uno. I'm, I'm not a better reporter any other way. Like I don't think I was even paying attention that he was playing Uno until I'd already asked if I could. Have him step down and talk to me, and then I realized he had to put his cards down. Yeah. That's sure the attention to detail that I bring to. This. I was like, "Yo, I'm sorry, I need to." Have it. He's like, "No, that's cool. It's not like I was winning or anything." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "All right, man, my bad." It's like, "Oh yeah, that's, no, no, incomplete game." Yeah, it's it doesn't cool, count. Man. It's not like I'm from the five seven zero Ohio State thirty four twenty. What player do you think on both sides of the ball is set up to grab the national spotlight for the first time? I have my two answers because I was uh, reading the question ahead while you guys were talking about Uno. What are your Thanks. answers to that? I think there is a. I think there is a. Really, it's possible that we're completely wrong on the one thing that we seem to think. But if we're right, I think there's one guy on defense that is like the obvious answer. Yeah. Josh Proctor. That's what I was going to say. Like, like the idea of like the announcers being like, Josh Proctor doesn't, he's never started before. He has two picks. And everyone who follows will have to be like, oh yeah, he's really good. Every (laughs) time he has gotten on the field, he has made a play that you remember. Like every time, like this is like really out there for this. And Von Bell, it was Von Bell's freshman year, not his second year. Like yeah. it is for Proctor, but Von Bell should have been starting the end of his freshman year. He wasn't. They lose in the Big Ten championship game yeah. to Michigan State. Von Bell starts for the first time against Clemson, makes a pick, shows up. Right mm-hmm. again, it's not exactly the same, but like young safety that everybody, everybody who was around Ohio knows State knows about him. Like is gonna be. Completely not surprised if Josh Proctor is awesome, and everybody else nationally is going to be like, "Who is this?" If Trevor Lawrence throws a pick six on Saturday, 
I'll bet my money Josh Proctor's the guy who gets it. I mean, yeah, the reason Josh Proctor didn't play as much this year isn't because he isn't ready. It's, good. it's no, because it's... they changed the defense. Yeah, correct. And he's not what Jordan Fuller is in terms of just being that savvy defensive um, linchpin of a defense at the back end. He's uh, he's so talented, but he's probably not those things yet. They and and you see teams do this at all kinds of sports where you lean towards that kind of experience. Plus, Jordan Fuller's a really good they football player nickel. too. So yeah. then, like, it's gonna be Wisconsin like, game all over. Really, again. like, really. I hope. I want them. I to hope we're them. right. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I hope. Right. I hope we're right. And like that, they play this defense because I just hate feeling like. Oh. They literally didn't play two safeties for a yeah. single snap. <laughs> like, Thanks for writing nine stories about it. But it's like, dude. It like, just feels like it's going to happen. And and they have the guy to do it. You he's know, done that, it like, every time he's like, gotten let, on the field. Like, let Josh really? Proctor do some stuff against these passing offense dudes. It's, and even the way that they will do it, probably, kind of, it, it, it's just the natural transition for what is, is for Proctor next year to just go back to the one high. Yeah. Because it's going to be Fuller coming down to help yes. and run support. It's, it's so... Oh, I hope it happens. So Just for us to be right. So who's the offensive guy? Because like we're all in accord. This, and this is Proctor. the thing. This is, I mean, again, this is to the thing of like that we've joked about Ari and people asking about. Fresh. I mean, it is Garrett Wilson, it's isn't Garrett. it? It's Garrett. It depends on if... I mean, I would even say... You're talking about who's going to like put themselves on the national state. Like... I don't know exactly what that means to certain people. Because you could say, is Chris Olave that Yeah, person? but I think Chris has done enough in like... I think his moment was the Michigan game last year, and he's kind of just built on it. But yeah, the Michigan game... But, I mean, I don't know. That's a different national stage than the semifinals. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Because it could be that like, if Chris Olave is the best receiver in this game... Right. Well, better than yeah. T. Higgins and better just for us. People will say... This was a three-star guy from California. He's yeah, only a- but also he's gonna be like he's the KJ Hill next year, regardless of what he does in this game. He's the old guy. Old. I told him he's the old man in the room. I asked Brian Harlan, but they all agree that he's the old man in the room. He's shy like, though. He's a little quiet. Yeah, he's but he's quiet? like he's like like they said that he's starting to open himself up. Like, I like Chris a lot. Harlan said that like his like next step is like being vocal and. Public and not just like when he pulls guys I'm, I'm aside. A, I'm, I'm gonna throw another name in just for fun, but Jeremy Ruckert. If they, yep. if there's something that if they're doing things with Isaiah Simmons, it leaves hope. that yeah. stuff open over the middle. I think that would be an interesting guy for to have kind of a blowout. So then we can all write all off season how he's gonna have 70 catches next and year, it. and he'll have nine. <laughs> yeah. Just no, then he'll have four in the first game of the season, and we'll all believe right. it, and then he right. won't get a catch the best. Just time. to yeah. run through again as a reminder on Garrett Wilson, this is his yardage by game: zero nine eight fifty four six twenty four twenty eight five. 82 versus Maryland, 13, 21, 118 versus Michigan, 17. So we had 82 against a horrible team, and then he went nuts in the Michigan game. Um, it's there. It's there. And that would, you know, they're going to, if they, there's so much emphasis on the Tennessee, on the Tennessee, on the Clemson receivers, and there's so much about Ohio State's future at receiver. There could be a path where it's like by the end of the game, if Ohio State has it in hand, they're going to wind up talking about Ohio State's passing game next year. Yeah. Just imagine Justin Fields with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, and they have this Justin Fleming guy coming in, and all you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's where the end of Julian. Ohio. You're having problems with names today, man. My grandfather, it's a Wawa. Why did I say seriously? I said Justin Fleming. It's okay. Wawa, it's like Wawa way. in Pennsylvania, is like the uh, fast food. It's the convenience store. Wawa, Wawa. He always no. called it the Wahoo. And like, so it's like it. I've I, like when make you make fun of old people for saying things wrong, and then before you know it, you're one of them. You're one of those crazy old people who says stuff wrong. Yeah, makes me feel like I'm insane. Uh, last one because we can't get to everything. 
And we have stories to write. 931. Since this is the prediction podcast, what do you think the answers are for these sentences? Ohio State will win the game if they blank. Clemson will win the game if they blank. This is Jason in Tennessee. His pick is Ohio State 38, Clemson 35. Ohio State, let's go Clemson first. Clemson will win the game if they blank. Forced turnovers. If if Trevor Lawrence throws for 350-plus in like four touchdown passes. Yeah, I would say if they hit like multiple big play. long passing plays yeah. that either are scores or directly If any, Everything this Ohio State defense is like programmed to prevent happening and this is what exactly Clemson wants to do, if they can do that, oh, look, they're going to win this game. Because I think there would be, I mean, obviously, you know, 70-yard touchdowns, those are helpful. Yeah. But also, I think there there would be like, because Ohio State, I think, prides itself on not giving that up. If you puncture that confidence of the Ohio State defense, I think there would be a psychological aspect to multiple. One and big also, play, you can shake it off. If, if, but it I, turns I the game into like, like Ohio State's got a good offense, but it turns it into like, you got to play keep up. And yes. I don't know if either one of these teams can afford to be in a situation where they're playing keep up with the other. That's somewhat true. I will say, though, we just came from the last Ohio State game was huge play by Jonathan Taylor early in the game. Big play right before halftime. They're down 21 right. to 7 and they come back. And I think what to way, but I, what I was saying, it still kind of leads into that. My, my thing about the turnovers, because I feel like what I was saying before, if Ohio State can come out and control the game on the ground, their defense is good enough that they're going to just limit the number of opportunities Clemson has, except. If you then just give them the ball back. If you're having fumble problems like you're Justin Fields has had a couple times. Or if he finally throws one of those picks that he's overdue for. Or some kind of special teams gaffe like Gary Wilson has had a couple down the stretch. Like those kind of things. If you just give them the ball back, especially in an advantageous situation when you've done so much work. I mean, that that could be the equalizer or the thing that, that, that tips the scales. I, I will say, though, to your point about Wisconsin did that and then Ohio State came back in the second half. I don't think they can do that against Clemson. No, correct. Like I, I don't think like to be down twenty-one seven and hope you can rally. You know, Clemson has all the momentum and they, Pro- they've hit you. Probably, Clemson's but I will not say get in its own way at that point. We still every single time that this defense has bent in the first half, it is kind of just dominated in the second half. But we've also said repeatedly that like for both these teams, this is a huge step yeah. up. Pro- yeah, I, this I is just, not the game to try to play keep up or catch up. For either, I, I don't think anybody would try now, to. No, no, I'm just saying, look, this is not the game for that you, to put yourself in that situation for either side. Now, I do, I mean, I do, I don't think it would be over because I think you have to have, they've done a great coaching job and they've got a, done a great motivational job and they've done a great job of the players coming out and executing and not allowing themselves to get frustrated or, or push too hard. So I don't think if Clemson's up by two touchdowns going into halftime, mm-hmm. I don't think it's over. But boy, oh boy, that's just a different world than and as you and you as well. That's just a different world than trying to do it against Wisconsin. Yeah. Trying to do it against Clemson will be much tougher. What's the Ohio State end of that sentence? Ohio State will win the game if they blank. Con- I mean, control the game on the ground. That's exactly what I would say. I think this is such a JK thing. I think that's exactly it. <sighs> yeah, yeah, and I think they can. I want to. Part of me wants to say like. I would expand to say if this offensive line plays its best game of the year. Part of me wants to, like, I, I just genuinely believe if, like, Ohio State's defense does what it did in 2016, but it's all with a better offense. If, like, the Ohio State plays the exact same game it has in 2016, I think they can win this. They can also win this game. All right. 
We will come back on Friday with a shorter podcast. This is the big meaty one. We wanted to make sure you had a good sense of what we think about this game, how it's going to unfold. We have a bunch more stories coming at cleveland.com slash OSU. Drop us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts if you'd be so kind. Uh, Again, please be reading cleveland.com slash OSU. Try the texts there. Check out our YouTube channel. We're going to go right. Uh, Thanks to you guys for listening. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. For Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Lee Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Mm -hmm.